podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and welcome to another Media Matters, and more importantly, another episode of Stat Me Up. Ladies and gents, we'll go through the numbers, but the key one counts. Liverpool are in first. Liverpool, Liverpool, top of the league. That is the main one we need to know about. But as usual, ladies and gents, I am delighted to be joined by the renowned and the respected Ben Boxack. Ben, how are we this morning? I mean, you summed it up. I can't complain being top of the league. It feels pretty good right now. Yeah, indeed. And as we know, people, those are the, or is the start, I should say, that matters the most. And we'll be going through the usual. So we'll be talking through everything that was Palace and there's a, a lot of stats to talk about. We'll be doing a bit of a special on the United game because it is the, the big one. And before people jump and say, hold on, we've got the one on Thursday. Yes, we have, but it's a bit of a dead rubber and we know where we're going or where our focus is this week. We'll have a look at a specific player, which we'll come to later on. And then we wouldn't let it go by. It's only a few weeks to Christmas, but more importantly, it's a few weeks till that January transfer window. So we'll be talking certain targets, things to look out for with Ben. So, I mean, Ben, we've got to rewind not that far, far to a, a nervy Saturday morning kickoff, wasn't it? But, but the result, 2-1, Mo Salah and Harvey Elliott nets the winner. I mean, a game... A game with incidents, but wasn't our prettiest, let's put it that way. But we are top of the league, as we said. It's kind of a contradiction roller coaster here, realistically. But when you're looking back on that now, be honest, thoughts on that performance? Like you said, it wasn't pretty, but I do think at times it was a little unfair on Liverpool because I think in the first half in particular, when we brought the ball in the middle, sprayed it about, played some really quick passes and True. you know were unlucky with a few chances. Uh, obviously Endo was targeted. I yeah. thought he actually handled the situation okay. I think I saw a lot of social media outrage about his performance or some criticism for him, but obviously he the goal that was disallowed, I, I don't know why it took so long for the referee to disallow that yeah. goal or watch it back. It was an obvious foul, and I think Endo did well to draw that foul in a, in a difficult situation because he was being man-marked constantly in that game. Um, and then in the second half, obviously, Liverpool handled that situation, decided to take him off. I think Liverpool were better. That The penalty decision was, again, very harsh on Liverpool. I thought you know, Kwanzaa couldn't do much about it. it. It was a decision that was probably the right one, but it does feel a bit unfair when, when you get that decision against you. Uh, and again, I thought Liverpool created enough chances. I thought 
we would at least, you know, equalize, get back in the game, even as a penalty went in. I, I didn't mm-hmm. think, I, I didn't, wasn't a hundred percent sure that we would get the winner, but in the end that, that came through as well. And, um, you know, we'd be moaning about Liverpool not doing well away from home, not getting those points. Now we are okay. getting those points and people are still moaning because we're not, we're not putting in the performances that are expected, but I think away from home, you can't complain with the result, at least anyway. You're never going to get a perfect performance in these situations, in these games. So I think all that matters is the result. Yeah, and you're right. Because, I mean, you look at the the games we've had recently, starting with that last, the last four, Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, uh, Saturday, sorry. The games have come four in 10 days. I mean, it's been absolutely insane, really, when, when you put it all to, together that way. So... The result was the ultimate thing. And you're right. We moan about having an issue away from home. We moan about sort of how we do against the dross, as it were, or the lower teams. At least we're moaning now about how we perform, even though it's a victory. I'll take that. It's a better thing to to moan about. I mean, with this one, Ben, and we'll obviously come on to stats for certain people, but it was an interesting one. That probably, for me personally, weren't too many with pass marks, I'm being honest. I think Jurgen Klopp called it the worst 76 minutes, didn't he, that we performed but still won this season. And normally when we talk about a game, we can go through a good sort of five, six that have really smashed it, you know, a few that have played well. Not too many probably in the, the mix here. Who was the man of the show? I think for me, it was, it was Trent, uh, just because he created... A lot of chances again, like we spoke about last week. Yeah, you might have uh, made a personal record with eight chances created against Sheffield United. He created six mm-hmm. chances in this game. And on top of that, he also made the most recoveries with eight against Palace. So, you know, he was kind of everywhere. And I think when Liverpool brought him into the middle, Liverpool were slightly improved in the second half compared to the first. So I think in the end, he kind of made the difference in, in that formation switch as well. So for me, You've got to give it to him. He's been in great form with those Adidas Predators on. I think he's he's taken his game to another level and it's been great to see. And it's been really fun to watch him play and, and just really enjoy himself. Yeah, it does. And I do want to speak about Trent because like you said, we talked about last year, it does seem, and I, I didn't even think it was possible almost, but aside from all the Trent debate about position, his, his game does seem to have gone to another level recently. And this is a player, and when we're going to talk about Harvey Elliott, I know you've mentioned him a few times as sort of one for, especially for the stats and, and how well he's doing. And people are naturally going to focus, and quite rightly, you know, he comes on, he plays well, and, and what to finish into sort of the, the bottom corner there as well. But his stats for a short time, not just on Saturday, but this season, they've been pretty impressive, if we're honest, haven't they, Ben, for the time he's been on the pitch? Yeah, I mean, I think it says it all that he's already matched his uh, goals and assists tally in the Premier League from last season, even though he's played about 1,300 minutes fewer than than last season. So that says a lot about him. You know, he's averaging a goal contribution every 99 minutes in the Premier League. And and he's up there. He's, He's averaged the most key passes in all competitions for Liverpool. He's averaged the most passes into the opposition's penalty area for Liverpool in all competitions. So... These kind of key underlying stats, even though he's not getting maybe as many assists or goals as people expect in the Europa League games or the Cup games, 
with the underlying stats, with the expected assist, you know, maybe it's, it's been down to his teammates not helping him out with certain situations. Mm. But the underlying stats are good and, and that's important. That's promising. He's creating a lot of chances and, and he's been pivotal in, in, in Liverpool's creativity going forward when he is playing. And I think now is the time when we kind of have to consider him being a starter. But the question is, how the hell do you fit him into this Liverpool team with, with Trent wanting to move into midfield? Obviously, Sobostai is, is still doing pretty well, in my opinion. He started brightly and I think he's doing okay. Um, mm. But then you have Gravenberch. I mean, McAllister's got a knock, but Curtis Jones came on. He's done well as well. So how, how, how do you fit him in? That's the big question. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because it, it, the cameos are so good. And I know people are going to say, oh, it's the average. It's like, yeah, but his average is a high because of the limited minutes he's playing. He does seem to be like the, the cameo, the, the break glass in case of emergency option, as well as Trent pushing up, Harvey coming on. And, and I think that was that sort of stuck out on Saturday how much he changed the game. And like I say, his stats on everything are, are unreal. Starting is going to probably be a debate for a long time, isn't it? Is he, you know, is he happy with this cameo? Is this the right thing for him at the moment? But people, we've got to be honest, like he can only do what he can do when he's on the field. And the stats for this boy are, are incredible at the moment. So as long as he continues in this, even if it is sort of a, a cameo, long may it continue because he is having an impact. And it is right to call out Trent as well because... I know we alluded to him, he was your man of the match, and I totally get that. Like, do you think people are realising, especially when we focus on his stats, just how much that, I'm loath to say this, but I can't think of another way of describing it. He seems to have almost gone up a level in the last few weeks. It just seems to have really, say to the boil, like absolutely on fire type of thing. How good have his stats literally been in the last sort of few weeks and Saturday as well? I mean... He's been incredible, you know, he's getting goals and assists, he's creating an incredible amount of chances as well. Um, I think what's impressed me is he's getting key goal contributions, particularly yeah. again, and, and City, you know, getting that equaliser, getting the winner against Fulham. It's just those kind of vital pieces of goal contributions. He's come up when you need him the most, almost... Steven Gerrard-esque in that sense. You know, Gerrard was the one when yeah. Liverpool were down and out. He'd pop up and he'd do something incredible. He'd score a worldie. And that's what Trent's been doing. And, uh, you know, people make fun about the Adidas Predator boots. But I don't know. I, I can't. I don't think that's a coincidence, personally. I think, it, you know, the kind of boots you wear sometimes, it, it gives me more confidence. And I feel like me, I, I play better as well when I'm playing my five-a-side games. Um you know, it might be a, a pseudo 
sort of psychological thing, but I think it certainly helps sometimes. And uh, um, but but overall, obviously, playing for England as well in midfield, uh, yeah, playing more often in midfield, that's definitely helped him as well. He's he's definitely been utilised more in that central position over the last few weeks. He's obviously playing actually in midfield as well, rather than being inverted a lot of the time. So. That's true. obviously going to contribute to his creative statistics and his goal contributions increasing as well. Yeah, and I, I know you tweeted about it on Saturday to say that as much as people looked at that and said it wasn't a good performance, well, hold on, Trent still created the most chances. Even the, as I know you tweeted before, the Sheffield United game, look at the assist for the corner, even with his pants hanging down low as well as the Predators. So fashion... Game to a new level, pseudoscience, whatever it is, Trent is in unbelievable form. So, yeah, let's just hope it continues. But he's been, yeah, sensational recently. I mean, you know, Ben, this this is one of the games. I shouldn't just say the game because obviously the derby is right. But it's Everton and United. Those are the first two that everyone looks for when the season starts. And this is the one at Anfield. It's just before Christmas time. It's going to be the half-four kickoff. So it's going to be under the lights. It's going to be the biggest attendance for a long time. Obviously, provided the test event and wait for Liverpool, but it seems ninety-nine point nine percent certain. So this one builds itself. But hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. As we like to ask, there's always a, a stat me up element, a special one. Is there any sort of key stats or things that you think people will like between Liverpool and United? Any key stats to call out that you think might be being mentioned in the coming week or so or that you saw? Well, obviously the one that I think is going to go around is the aggregate from the last five games, which is 21-3 to in Liverpool's favour. Then I think the fact that Manchester United haven't beaten Liverpool at Anfield in almost eight years now, the last time it was in January 2016 in Jurgen Klopp's first season, Wayne Rooney got the winner. So that is, a, that is a throwback. Uh, but just in terms of sort of looking at Man United's performances this season, um, Man United have actually conceded more goals than they've scored, <laughs> which I think might surprise a few in the Premier League. So they've conceded 21 and scored 18. Jeez. Eight. Eight, the 18 goals they've scored is actually half of how many goals Liverpool have scored this season, which is 36. So, um, yeah, those, I think, are the kind of key points. Obviously, the fact that they've actually haven't drawn a game is quite interesting. They've lost seven and won nine. 
which is a record for United in 16 games. And, and it's a mm. negative record in terms of the, the most losses after yeah. the first 16 Premier League games. So, yeah, there's a, a lot of negative stats going into the game. But obviously, we saw with Crystal Palace, there was a lot of negative stats heading into the Crystal Palace game. And, and we found out that it wasn't going to be as easy as we, we may have thought. So I think that game was a good sort of cautionary tale for Liverpool heading into this one because you never know what you're going to get. Obviously, we'll True. feel confident. We, we know we can, you know, in this form, with United having lost 3-0 at Old Trafford against Bournemouth, we know we can get a result. But with these derby games, you, you never know. They, they might actually decide to turn up. Um, so I'm a bit cautious to... to say this is going to be a very comfortable victory for Liverpool. Uh, but, I mean, I, you'd expect it. I mean, come on. We, we, we need to get it, but you just never know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the, the aggregate as well and like the, the results. Yeah, and you say, I mean, everyone is going to refer to last season the 7 now. There's no two ways about it at all. I totally get that. And everyone's looking or hoping for something similar come Sunday. You might impress you, may not do, but one thing I actually looked up as well when I was looking at the stats, Mo, I'm sure you know Mo Salah loves this game. In fact, you have to go back to January 2021 for the last time Mo Salah didn't net in this game between the two. And even the craziest thing was, it was in the COVID season, so it was nil-nil at Anfield in the league. It was when we were playing horrendous and we were really struggling, you know, that season where Nat Phillips, Reese Willie. Dog's memory were at centre back at times. But actually, we played them about four or five days later in the FA Cup. And yes, we went out, but Mo Salah scored too. So Mo, Mo Salah, home and away, loves this game. He scores against Manchester United. So I think it's important to mention because obviously 200 goals and people are, are loving the, the Egyptian king, the living demigod. But what a record that is. So in simple terms, me and Ben are a bit nervous now because all the stats point positively, the aggregate, everything else, which feeds, and you know how we can just sometimes struggle against the Dross teams, especially at home, or well, especially away, I should say, so hopefully home sways it, but yeah, everything is leaning that way. Just a quick one, I know we haven't had team news or anything like that, and we're a good few days away from that, Jürgen's press conference. If everyone was fit that we know or suspect is fit, Ben, how are you lining up for that one? How's your gut telling you based on what we've seen him? Because there's a few decisions to be made there, isn't there? Maybe not in defence, but the forwards aren't firing, midfield type of thing. How are you lining up for that one? Well, it's a, it's a good question. I think the main question mark is in midfield. I think Sobosai starts. I think if McAllister is not fit, I'd still go with, go with Endo. Uh, I know Crystal Palace targeted him, but I'm not expecting Manchester United to do the same. I don't think uh, they've got it, got it in their midfield to to target anyone. Um, and then the big question mark is who plays in that left-sided midfield role. Yeah. Well, Elliot got the goal, uh, and I'm kind of I kind of want to see him start alongside Dominic Sobosai, but obviously that would mean Sobosai moving to the left and Elliot left, moving to yeah. the right, and. For me, I was I was looking at the stats and I'm actually writing a piece on Anfield Index about this, but they've only played 253 minutes in the Premier League together. Wow. Uh, out of a possible 1,440. However, in, in those 253 minutes, 
Sobosai has three goal contributions and Elliot has one. So on average, they've been getting about around 65, a goal contribution every 65 minutes mm. when they've been on the pitch together. And I think that midfield could quite possibly be Liverpool's most offensive midfield because, but you know, Elliot is left footed. So he'll cut it onto his left foot from, from the right. So obviously yeah. is right footed. He'll cut on to his right foot from the left. And that makes his sort of long range shooting more lethal. We, I, for, for Leipzig last season, he played a lot on the right side. And his kind of goals, if you look at where they were coming from, were all coming inside the penalty area from the right. So he's kind of getting into the box. But obviously, we're not seeing that side of him at Liverpool because Mohammed, that's Mohamed Salah's job to, to get into yeah. the box and score those goals. So that right. would probably explain why we're not seeing as many goals from him as maybe people would have expected. However, for Hungary, he actually plays a lot on the left. And he's... For Hungary, he, a lot of his goals are coming from the left and are coming from outside the box, from, from long distance. And I think if you look at the goals he has scored for Liverpool against Aston Villa, he was on the left side of the pitch yeah, as, the, as the corner came in against Sheffield United more recently as well. He was coming in from the left. To left. So yeah. I think I would kind of like to see that being trialled. I mean, obviously... Maybe not against Manchester United, but but why not given United's form and given Elliot's form and given Sobosay's form? I think it could be something if if McAllister is not fit, um I I would be tempted to, to give them a go. Yeah, it's interesting. It's um, actually when you say it, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? Who'd have thought when Liverpool's two most creative midfielders are on the pitch, Liverpool are the most creative and they get, you know, sounds really you know, a strange theory, doesn't it? But yeah, people don't often think of that, do they? And quite often, I think we, maybe me as well, looking at it as fans, when Elliot's come on, it, he's going to be on the right side of midfield. Do you think is the Bosley going to come off at the same time as well? Yeah, it's a fair shower. And that's like, say, 250 odd minutes. We really haven't seen them that often together, but they are the two most creative. There's no two ways about it. It'd be a big call, wouldn't it, to start against United? But as the stats say, if that's the most creative and... We know what United are like at the moment. Yeah, they, they haven't got it in anyone to target any midfielders, have they? And Bruno's not even going to make the trip, so we don't even get to see him throwing his hands up. It will be interesting to see. But we'll get the normal team news and everything from Jürgen's press conference on Friday if he's fully truthful with us. And I do want to go back to Dom a bit as well, because I, I know with yourself, obviously, Dom's the boss side. the the natural link, the Hungarian, but just the, the form, we've all loved him. It's interesting at the moment with Dom. This has been the first bit that people have just started to go, oh, what's happening with Zabozlai? I'm sure you've seen it as well. And I think it's almost, you can be a victim of success in the sense that he's been sensational at the start of the season. So if you don't do that every single game, people will then, oh, is he, is he fading? Is he adapting, etc.? All those types of things. I mean, I know you've tweeted about this quite a bit, though, and, and looked into it. His stats are still really, really good, aren't they? in those terms. I think, do you think people are sort of jumping on it a bit too easily just because it's one of those things at the moment? I think it's a case of sort of almost false expectations because a lot of people will have just watched his YouTube highlights or yeah. you know, watched a couple of games for him for Leipzig or maybe they've seen a couple of games of him in Hungary now uh, when on, during the international break and seen 
he got, I think, five goal contributions in his last yeah, three games for Hungary. But what people forget is he's taken all the penalties, he's taken all the free kicks for Hungary. He's, yeah. and, and, and he's literally everywhere. He's, he's needed as the sort of offensive, uh, almost, yeah, catalyst, but not just catalyst, but the, the, the person who ends up finishing the chances as well. So, yeah, you know, he's got more of, I would say, Mohamed Salah role for Hungary, whereas for Liverpool, he's being asked to do something completely different. He's being asked to do the sort of Jordan Henderson, hard working, win the ball back, create yeah. chances, those kind of things. He's not necessarily being asked to, to go into the box and, and score goals or take all the free kicks, take all the penalties. I mean, Mohamed Salah will have a few things to say about the penalties as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I mentioned earlier, for Leipzig, the reason why he scored so many goals is he was playing as a right attacking midfielder and arriving into the box all the time, getting goals at Liverpool. He doesn't need to do that because Salah is already there ahead of him. Getting into the box, that's Salah's job. So obviously, naturally, the goal contributions are not going to be as frequent. And I think maybe that's why people's perception of him is almost tainted a little bit because they're expecting him to to get those goals and get those assists when in reality that's not his primary job and his primary job which is to I don't need a VPN I've got nothing to hide <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with libertyshield.com not only is my home internet now fully encrypted but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Press, win the ball back, yeah. create chances. He's doing really well. I mean, he's in the top five, top 10 creators in the Premier League for key passes, smart passes, shot creating actions, chances created, all these things. And, and on top of that, um, I think who scored came out with a statistic saying he's the player who won possession the most times out of any other, yeah. any player in the Premier League with 112, I think, if I remember correctly. So. You know, he's doing everything that he needs to do. I think maybe people just need to adjust their expectations. And I'm sure in time, as he grows more confident, as he becomes a sort of leader for Liverpool as well, we'll see more of the the, the Hungarian side that we see for the national team. But right now, people are forgetting he's still adjusting. I think he's, you know, you know when you start a new job, you want to follow the orders completely. You don't have as much creativity. You don't have as much freedom. You just want to do a good yeah. job and that's your primary focus. You, 
you want to please your boss as much as possible. And I think that's what he's doing right now. But as you grow more comfortable in the role and in the position, I'm sure he will bring out more of his individual ability as well. But I think it just takes time. You know, right now, I think he just wants to please everyone and, and do the job that he's being asked to do. Yeah, I I agree. I think, again, like the victim of success, because we've seen him put that goal in against Leicester, we expect certain things like, say, the, the Villa strike. So that obviously puts people on a, a pedestal. But, I mean, the thing about Zbos life for me as well, he's literally shown already, it, it's not always been brilliant recently, you know, there's got to be that honesty, but yeah, he can, he can play it all. We've seen him even play in like a, a double six, like Wolves away. Like you said, Sheffield United moves to the left. He still scores a really good goal. Such a composed finish from that Nunes cross as well. But the 80th min- minute to the 90th minute, he's still pressing unlike anyone else. And yeah, I saw that that who scored start as well. But he literally can play any of those roles in midfield. Sometimes it is just horses for courses. We need a boss like to do a bit of the ugly stuff so others can shine. And that can sometimes get forgotten when he's not in the, the head line grabbing moments but he's still he's still the first name on the midfield team sheet without doubt no matter what anyone's saying at the moment so yeah hopefully he does get cut a little bit of slack maybe that's the right way to to put it by those looking for him to to grab the headlines each week he's still absolutely crucial and I mean speaking of headlines Ben we are a couple sounds scary we are a couple of weeks from 2024 we are a couple of weeks from January so you know how this game works. People injuries, who are we gonna sign? A title till, we need this, we need a defender, we need a six, etc. etc. All those types of things come onto the dock. Yeah, and, and understandably, this isn't me sort of suggesting people just think any different. Everyone will have their opinions on that quite rightly. However, one player that is not a defender and doesn't seem to be the number six, but Liverpool have been linked with recently that. I know you tweeted about him as well, and you can correct me on my pronunciation. I think it's pronounced Mobadou Sonko. So, yeah. what do, again, he's, he's again, people be thinking, who, how's he? But he has been by quite a few sources as well. So, what do we know about this kid? So, it seems like he's been on Liverpool's radar for a while because mm. if you look at his Instagram, he had a trial in 2017 at the club's academy. Uh, so that was quite a while ago and he's still I think only 18 or yeah 18 or 19 years old so he's still quite young as well himself um the other thing I think that's interesting is um he's a left winger who is right footed so maybe not I know people commented under my post saying oh you know that's Salah's long-term successor I, I I I don't think so personally However, he is really talented. He's been on my radar for a while because he is one of those teenagers who's, who's doing really well in outside of the main European competitions, but also sort of catching the eye in the Europa League as well. So I was looking at the sort of data in terms of winners in the Europa League. He's third for um, averaging the most number of dribbles at 7.78 dribbles per 90. So it's quite a flair player in that regard he, he makes a lot of dribbles uh, but you know in Sweden he's also got 17 goal contributions in 29 games so you know wow. he scores goals as well and I think he's quite good from long distance he scores a few goals from outside the box he's good at get arriving in the box and uh, no it, it seems like 
he's a is an exciting talent, an exciting prospect, and I can see why Liverpool would be interested in him because he takes all the kind of boxes that Jurgen Klopp looks for in his attackers. And I have a feeling this might actually have some legs in it as well because um, when I saw the news that the reports coming out from Sweden, mm. I contacted his representatives and. I send them a message asking them, can you confirm Liverpool's transfer interest? And uh, they sort of said politely that they don't want to comment on it right now. But I think what's interesting is there's no denial. And normally, if there's nothing in it, there there would normally be a a denial from from the agents. But the fact that they didn't immediately shut things down and they didn't say, no, that's not true makes me think, you know, Liverpool's interest could actually be genuine and, and, and it's something to watch in the January transfer market, especially because like when we were talking about Andre and the Brazilian league, the Swedish league ends in December. So January is almost their summer window, which means if, you know, for, for Hakan, his club, probably preferable to sell him now in January yeah. rather than in the summer, mid-season, uh, which means I think, you know, this definitely could have some legs in it and I think it's something to watch in, in the January window. Yeah, he does does profile on us exactly like you say, maybe not one that's going to come into the team straight away, but definitely one longer term. You, Yeah, it sounds like Liverpool uh, would well have him on their radar, let's put it that way, and be interesting, like you say, the the previous interest there, we know we've watched him, so definitely want to as, keep an eye on. I think as well, I'm not sure if he 100% would qualify for a work permit, given the new rules after Brexit. Yeah. However, the FA over the summer did introduce up to four exemptions for, for Premier League clubs, and he would he could be one of those players because Liverpool haven't signed anyone with, with those exemptions, sure. so he, he could be one of those players who, even though he may not qualify for that work permit, he could qualify through the exemption and therefore, you know, Liverpool wouldn't need to loan him out. They could bring him into the club. They could, you know, train him with the academy, the under-21s and, and, and give him a few League Cup games and, and so forth. And um, so, you know, you could bring him in immediately, don't need to loan him out and you could just kind of integrate him into the first team setup as well. Which does seem to be going well with that thing, and I may be mispronouncing these, but Diallo recently, Trey and Yoni, mm. I think it's pronounced. So yeah, it, it would be one definitely to keep an eye on. And this other name that again, a lot of people have sort of looked at. I don't think there's any direct Liverpool link, unless you could correct me on this, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this name as well. But I think it's Lenny Yoro. I think it is the centre half specifically. So people are going to get excited. But before you get massively excited, people. There's interest in this boy, but there's nothing to suggest Liverpool that we have as well. But just for those who do follow the, the transfer window, a centre-half, Lenny Yoro, why, what sort of stands out with this guy, Ben, from a stats perspective? I mean, he's been pretty incredible. Um, he came through last season and he started really well last season in League One. Uh, but he's really started to stand out this season. So for people don't know anything about him. He's a centre-back, plays on the right side of the centre-back. Um, he's really composed on the ball. He's really tall. Um, actually, he's not that tall, but he looks really tall. I think he's 1.9 metres, but you know, he's, he's 18 years old, so he's got room to, to grow. 
but he's got these long legs that make him look maybe a, a little bit taller than he actually is. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Joel Matip and the way he's so composed on the ball for someone with such long legs. Uh, to, to to summarize um, how composed he is on the ball, in League One this season, he has the best passing accuracy with 94%. Wow. Um, and the reason why he stands out for me is because in Europe's top five leagues this season, he's won the, he has the best defensive dual percentage, according to Vice Scout, out of all the other centre backs in Europe's top five leagues. And he's won 84.21% of his defensive duels, which is an incredible percentage. On top of that as well, you know, when we're talking about Liverpool centre backs, aerial duels is, is something that we talk about because it's so important for 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 a Liverpool defender to be able to win those aerial challenges, you know that, that Van Dijk is is so good at that, and that's why he's one of the best defenders in the world. And um, Yoro has actually actually has a better um, aerial dual percentage than Van Dijk this season. Only marginally, I think Van Dijk is around seventy seven point six five percent according to Y Scout. Yoro is seventy nine point four one percent. So overall. Those two centre, Van Dijk ranks third for centre backs in Europe's top five leagues, and Euro ranks as second. I think only Axel Witzel for Borussia Dortmund has a better percentage. Um, but yeah, he he stats wise, he's someone who really stands out, and I think he's been linked with a couple of Premier League clubs, Chelsea, Manchester United. But I think he's he's one of those that. I'm not expecting him to leave in the January transfer window. He's probably Stop better man. off. Yeah, he's probably better off staying at Lille, um, playing out the whole season, getting that experience rather than, you know, going into a club where he might not necessarily be guaranteed to play as many minutes as he is right now for Lille anyway. Uh, however, in the summer, I think there is going to be a lot of interest in him if he keeps, continues this run of form because um, he seems like a, a really unique profile. The fact that he's only 18 years old and, you know, so tall already and mm. so dominant and so composed on the ball, um, screams of a really exciting talent. And I think, you know, if Matib was to leave, which obviously now there are question marks because of the injury, are, are Liverpool yeah. going to give him for a contract? But regardless, I think in the summer, I'm, I'm expecting at least one centre back to come in. And I would not complain if it was this guy because I think he would be a good fit for Liverpool. Yeah, especially that young developer. And those stats are scary, especially Sony's. Sony's beating Virgil Van Dijk on aerial stats as well. Yeah, it's about eighteen. Interesting. I mean, the the final question I'll ask you in January. Now I know we've talked about this. The expectation seems to be that unless something changes a quiet January beckons for Liverpool. That's that's the sort of vibe as we talked about. That's the sort of indications that we're getting as well. People are going to jump on this. I know, think, you know, we're, we're top of the league. We need to straight, you know, you, that's where you should strengthen from, from a position of strength. All those types of things are six, you know, def- you, we've all heard it, Ben. We all know how it works. From a personal point of view, in your personal opinion, I suppose it's a two-part. Do you genuinely think we need to strengthen? And if it's a yes, what position or positions would you be leaning towards? I think 
Liverpool do need to strengthen. There is no question about that. However, I think the big question mark is, are the players that could strengthen Liverpool going to be available in this market? Because what you don't want to do is is get a stopgap option or or someone like that who just load up the wage bill and then Liverpool won't be able to get their primary target in the summer because yeah. you know they spent X and X on on a player who they don't actually want. Um, so for me, I think I'm leaning towards the fact that there isn't going to be a lot of players who could strengthen Liverpool and who would be available in the January market. And to be honest with you. Especially when it comes to the centre backs, I've been really impressed with Jarrell Kwanzaa. I know he gave away that penalty, but it was a really unfortunate situation against Crystal Palace. And yeah. when he was on the pitch, he actually still completed the most passes out of anyone while he was on the pitch. And I, I thought he put in a good performance. I'm a big fan of him. And we, we, we said this last week on the podcast, but I'd rather him be given the next six months, play regularly, build him up, you know. Give him that experience, yeah. and and then the see how that goes. Then then to bring in someone who maybe might not necessarily be the perfect fit for Liverpool, and you know we could be talking about another Kabak or Ben Davis situation when we we can't necessarily offload them. And I mean, with Kabak, obviously he was on loan, but Ben Davis he, he stayed on Liverpool's wage bill for 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 a bit yeah. of time before Liverpool were able to sell him. So. You don't want to end up in that situation again. And I think for that reason and for the fact that the January market is so difficult, I, I think I, I'm not expecting a, a transfer for Liverpool, but you know, that can always change. We've seen with Gakpo and Diaz that Liverpool were planning to bring them in in the summer, but then Gakpo, Manchester United came yeah. in for him, but Diaz Tottenham came in for him. So, you know, if a situation like that happens, then Obviously, I'm expecting Liverpool to swoop in and, and get that man. But uh, when it comes to centre-backs, I think it's it's more unexpected to, to be sold in January. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I think people don't want to hear this, but we said it on a few pods. I think it steers towards the only thing, and Jürgen kind of alluded to it in his press conference the other day, unless there's another injury, which obviously could change the boat. And I know people will jump mm. on that in terms of look at Canate's history and all this, but it was quite clear the manager, you know, he still does have four centre-backs available, doesn't he? VVD, Gomez, Canate and Kwanzaa. Understandably, he seems to have a lot of trust for good reasons in Jarrell Kwanzaa. And you're right, I mean, he made a mistake the other day, but if anyone's going to make a mistake in football, it's a 20-year-old centre-half. That's the nature of the game, isn't it? You know, it's a position that's unforgiving, you develop it. Doesn't mean his, his ceiling's diminished all of a sudden off one mistake. So, as much as people might not like to hear it, I know we talked about sort of Sonko as a target in the rumours. Yeah, it would be a bit of a surprise to us both if something major does happen in Jam. But there's still plenty of time. There's a lot to be talked about, folks. But... In key terms, it's the United game this week. We gave you your stats galore for that one. We gave you your stats galore for Crystal Palace. We gave you extra on Trent. We gave you extra on Zaboslai. And we even gave you a bit for the January window. So what more do you want from us people would be the message from this one. But in terms of that, all that really leaves me to say is, Ben, thank you very much for your time and your insight and the stats as much as ever, pal. Pleasure. Thank you as well. Good stuff. And ladies and gents, that was another Stat Me Up for Anfield Index.
We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.